You're listening to Impact Is Own, your home for the latest news, analysis, and opinions on Michigan State men's basketball with your hosts, Trent Valley, Luke Sloan, and Brendan Shabath. Welcome back. It is the Impact Is Own. I'm your man, Trent Valley, here with my guys, per usual, Brendan Shabath, Luke Sloan. Look, I want to start by saying this. I always try to bring the energy, and I've got it. I've got it. I'm just channeling it in a different way. Ready to roll. Oh, we are ready to roll. And it is scorched earth, darkest hour, Armageddon, sky is falling. East Lansing is burning right now. Whatever you want to call it. Insert negative connotation here. Because the Michigan State, excuse me, Spartans have gone on an absolute belly slide down Mount Everest. And we're going to get to all of this later, but we have to go big picture and shrink it right down, Luke. You said it best. Losing to Iowa the other night, I don't have the score in front of me. Brendan, do you have it? 86-60. 86-60, a 26-point loss on the road. We're recording on a Wednesday. number 25 Iowa, recording on a Wednesday, where Keon Coleman got got some minutes in the first half. In the first half. Not Half number one. Not the final 15 seconds, the first half. He did get in the final 15 seconds. He almost had a put-back dunk. He canned a three, two, so... Guys, so, I don't know where to start. Right, I don't know. Trent, I have. No, I, we don't have a doc. I have a full clearance. May I? May I? May I, Mr. Bally? Absolutely. Okay. So, I. Well, I'll, let me get the numbers right here first before I tee this up, and Brennan will be able to help me out with this. It's, numbers. It's seven of eleven and five of six. Crosses. There is. There is. I've talked about the Ken Palm sheet and the colors. Green is good. Red is bad. There is a lot of red lately. I think the question and. You know, Trent, I was talking with Brendan before the podcast. Obviously, you're home for Michigan State men's basketball. Yeah, well, I talked in. to you last night, and I said, I'm going to sleep on this a little bit, figure out what's going on, channel my emotions. And when I woke up, the, the number one question that popped into my head was the following. And we have not talked about this yet. And it's just simply, is the message not getting through anymore here? Because I don't think it is. This team, here's what I think it is. And you guys can jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, whatever. This team just isn't that talented and not nearly as good as we thought it was. I think that's and a piece, too. you know what? I told you this, Sloan, on our brief little phone call last night, our briefing. I need to learn. Someone's got to teach me how to be objective from the jump so that I don't get sucked in and reeled in and live in a fantasy world where Michigan State is a top 10 team and a Final Four contender, because they're not. I'll tell you right now, Brendan wrote a fantastic piece. Go check it out. I can say that because there's no calls to action on podcasts. Impact Go read Brendan's article, damn it. It's very good. And, Brendan, you said something in there that stuck with me as I slept on this. The Spartans are limping towards the inevitable first-round or second-round exit in this tournament. That's the bottom line. And to zoom back out again, not only did they lose by 26 to the Iowa Hawkeyes, they lost by five to Illinois. Now that granted that game score is not indicative of how the game went. Sparks didn't come to play flat out point blank. You lose on the road to a bad Penn state team. You beat Indiana, which is, you know, Indiana's no slouch. They might make the tournament, but then look, you don't show up against Wisconsin. You don't, even walk in the building against Rutgers unless your name's Gabe Brown. So we'll have to talk about all, but I think the last time we talked guys was after the Michigan game. Yeah. If I'm not, we were riding high. Yes. Things were great. The Optimus caucus was Rico beard was here. Rico beard was here. And since then the Spartans have lost one, two, three, four, five out of the last seven. 
So two things here. Eat we breaths. have to be better. We have to do a few more podcasts here and there. Sorry about that. <sighs> and second, this team stinks right now. So with that, I will turn it over to you guys. Brendan, what is your biggest problem with this team and the product that you've seen the last two weeks? Well, I love Luke's message and question of is is the message getting through? I've got a little bit behind that too, but go ahead. The The thing for me is, and, and I want to be careful here, and I wasn't careful last night in writing that that piece. And I'm never careful. I I did admittedly. You can't be too careful. I started that piece pre the game ending. The game was not over. Yeah, but you it, could absolutely it, do that. Right. I was going to say, in your defense, we all knew what was going on. Unfortunately, at about the 12 minute mark of the second half. Right. Because here's the thing: the only thing that that piece needed that it didn't have that I didn't wasn't able to write was the final score and and the margin of victory. You know, everything else was already said. It, it was already ready to go. Um, and, and I want to be careful here because, you know, we don't know who does and doesn't listen to this and, and see our stuff. Yeah, that's true. Tom Izzo might tune in. And, and, and if he does, that's why I want to be careful. But it starts with the players. And with the players, it starts with the coaches. And, and how many times I saw it on Twitter per the beat reporters that were in Iowa City um, at the game last night, that Tom Izzo said, we're not done, we will get better, we will figure this out and fix it. And if I had a dime for every time he said that this You'd season, I think dimes. I'd have five or six if dimes. If I had a dime for everything, every time that's been said over the last 15 years, I'd be paying off my student loans tomorrow. But here's the thing is, is sometimes it's sometimes he's right. No, yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying I hear it way too much. Right. And it's at some point there's got to be adjustments, man. And he he did say there will be adjustments. He didn't elaborate on what those adjustments will be. We've already seen just, Tyson Walker go to the bench. Marcus I just, will I, too. And, More on that later. And and, and and I just, you know, it, it seemed like the, the general vibe I got from reading the recaps and like I said, seeing the, the tweets from the beat reporters was that Izzo – was more like more than ever talking about adjustments and changes need to be made, but I sure hope it's with the discipline because for some reason he can't get this team to either listen to him or or to to follow what they need because years past it's clear that the discipline of this team has borderlined you know. The, the you know ha, has been close to that gray area of what's okay and what's not, but it's worked. And, and at the end of the day, winning cures all. Right now, they're not winning, and, and I don't yeah. know. Newsflash: I don't know how much longer they can go. L- like like it shouldn't take until the what they're eighteen and nine, so twenty six. At some game, point, it shouldn't take. At until, some point, the growing, the substantial growing needs. To, I don't want to say stop because you're always growing, but. For us to for us to keep reshuffling the deck, and I think to your point, for continuing to say we're going to work on this, we're going to work on this. I get incremental improvements, but for such wholesale things that need to be fixed in such little time before the tournament, right? It's almost an impossible task. And I, it, it shouldn't take until the twenty seventh game yes. for you to be like, we're going to make change. There's four and, games left in the year. This is when you're supposed to be Tom Izzo in Michigan State. 
This is when you're supposed to be clicking. That's a game you're supposed to win and surprise people. Saturday against Purdue is a game you're supposed to win and surprise people. We'll get to that. They're supposed to beat Illinois. None of the games they've won this year are those games where you're like, wow, maybe they figured it out. God damn it, maybe they know what they're doing. And and I don't know what I'm talking about. But they've beaten UConn, Loyola Chicago, and Wisconsin, and that's it. No other game is worth noting that they've won. The Maryland game, you win by two, you get bailed out. You know, yeah, I mean, these, that was these, a these games are just Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota at was the a buzzer from Joey Hauser. Look, I guys, I want to kind of shift the shift the focus a little bit. I think the reason that all of us are as animated as we are about this team is because number one, we've seen it. We've covered almost every game. Remember when this two, team was 17 and 4? That's what I was going to say. Number 2 is this team actually had and I'm going to say had, I'm not going to say has anymore. This team had expectations and it has just combusted into nothing. And look, the if you want to put an optimist spin on it, which I always do and am guilty of, guilty as charged, if you want to put an optimist spin on it, the optimist spin is the fact that these last stretch of games are all against worthy opponents. And if you do, if you are able to win against Purdue at home or you're able to go get a win in Columbus, that's enough where it's kind of like, okay, maybe this team did kind of click but, and figure it out. But you know what it is? But 26 to Iowa is not it. No, not at all. But but you know what it is to your scheduling point is the Big Ten sets the schedule. The universities yes. have a say in it, and, and Kevin Pauga is the guy from Michigan State who plays a big role in the scheduling. But at the end of the day, it's the Big Ten's decision. Yep. The reason the schedule is this way they is, is – Well, right, but, but you realize – Nebraska isn't on the schedule for Michigan State and Northwestern and Minnesota and Penn yeah. State isn't in the last. The it's backloaded they with backloaded Illinois, Michigan, yeah. Purdue, Wisconsin. These teams that are good teams, and, and so Michigan State being on these other team schedules is the Big Ten saying at the start of the year, despite not in the AP top twenty-five, despite being picked sixth in the Big Ten. We know what Michigan State is. We think they'll be good enough that these games will matter and get ratings and make us money, and they're not right now. They've dropped out of the AP Top 25, 26. I don't care if it's on the road. It's not It's not going to be a quad one win for Iowa anymore. No. By the time the new net rankings come out, Michigan State will this be outside the top 30, a lot of and that's a quad, quad one two home win. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's just going to be – that's bad news. It was barely a quad one win already. They're 29th. I wanted to enter a couple of pieces of evidence into the collection here as to the claim I made when we opened the podcast that I am concerned and think that the, 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 the message is not getting through anymore here. All season long, the, the chron- I mean, we know about the chronic inconsistencies that really started after Christmas, the lack of focus, which has kind of been a season-long problem, effort going in and out, you know, turning it off and on like a light switch. And and now in recent games, like the last two weeks, it really hasn't shown up again, except for maybe the second half against Illinois. But the reason I say that maybe the message is not getting through anymore is because this, this, this inconsistency, the lack of focus, well, I keep, I keep, I think it's two things really. Number one, I don't know if this is a great, this is a great group. I don't think this is a great group of dogs that really absorbs that information. I'm I I'm I'm done. There's no I'm done when, giving them a chance can, can, in, can I, in that regard. Can I interject here though? Because I, I I understand your point and I agree with you to an extent where you look at if you just look at pure numbers, there's I think right now one, maybe two guys averaging double figures. But if you do go down the line, there's six or seven guys averaging more than six points per game. 
There's a lot of teams in college basketball who can't say that. A lot of teams are front-loaded with one or two guys, and then at the fourth guy it drops off and there's nobody above four points or above two rebounds per game. So this team, they have guys, they just don't play together. And I'll, that's I'll what they were doing at the start too. of the year. It with, with The problem with they have these pieces, they can't get up anymore. At some point, how much are we going to blame Tom for the fact that this team – has all these effort problems. Well, I, I, I think I think a significant he says it amount starts of it. with him though. Only some of its effort though. I want I want to make that clear. That is that is a very good point, Luke. But I, okay, so this is a perfect segue into my biggest thing I wanted to take to this episode. Max Christie has absolutely <clears throat> not been as good as advertised, and I don't blame not it at on all. him. My takes he'll, look terrible he'll on that. Be back next year. And you know what? He'll probably be pretty good next year. He'll be your best play. Go for it. Here's something I, I, I brought up to Luke is, is the the headline for Max Christie about a month ago was, uh, or maybe more than a month, uh, Max Christie earns fifth Big Ten Freshman of the Week yes. award. Hooping. First Spartan to do that since Miles Bridges. It's hard to find records on you know past Freshman of the Weeks and stuff like that, but I'm curious as to how many of those Freshman of the Week awards that Miles Bridges won we're in Big Ten play because I think all but one for Max were not in Big Ten play. So that's interesting. That's a good little tidbit, and I have his game log pulled up here. And I just something that has completely jumps off jumps off the page at you since the sixteen point game at Michigan. So I think what is that? The last seven games, he's got one game in double figures, and he is shooting the ball horrifically. And you know what? <clears throat> At some point, people say the freshman wall, so I can sort of wrap my head around it. You know what I can't wrap my head around? The senior wall. Gabe Brown scores zero points against Iowa. These two guys, this freshman, this senior, supposed to be your two best shooters, probably your two best – you can make an argument, your two best players coming into the year, right? Offensively, yeah. Offensively. And Gabe Brown, zero points against Iowa, five points against Illinois, zero points against Indiana, although that was a win. Gabe Brown, aside from the 20-point game at Rutgers, has not scored 15 points since, hmm, let me check, the, the second day of the new year. So this is just, at some point, man, and I know that it's a shooting slump and all Gabe does is really shoot, I understand. Let me pose a Shots question. Shots got to fall, man. Go for it. That's all. How much of this, because Tom Izzo has said many times in front of the media and, and when we've been in attendance that Max and Gabe are the two hardest workers on this team. Yeah. He says they're in the gym at 6 a.m. every single day. They're getting extra work in. They're getting a million shots up. At some point, how much of this is them just needing to make shots and personal problems? See it go in. Or yeah. is Tom not putting them in the best positions in the offense, what they run during games? Maybe they're not getting worked with as well in practice on the side when it comes to their shooting. How much of this is is Max and Gabe, and how much of this is this coaching staff right now? Because the question, with how bad they've been over the last month and a half, really, I think the question needs to be asked. The worst, the worst part about it is, it is, it a, a topic in national media, sports media, I should say. Yesterday, at least, was the whole Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show and whether he was going to break the news if he was coming back to Green Bay. And that's neither here nor there. But one thing that stuck out to me was um, uh, Aaron Rodgers talked about the 12-day cleanse that he did, uh, that he always does. I read into that, and that sounds horrible. Right. But but it, it, it the, thing, the, the worst part about all of this for me is it's almost like Gabe, at least, Max, 
you know, there's a little bit, like you said, Trent, a little bit more leeway for the freshman. But it, it sounds like Gabe Brown needs some sort of 12, some drastic change needs to happen. To the bench. But there's, but there's no time for it. There isn't. I, that's no. the problem. I mean, that's that, that's the common denominator with this entire conversation we're having. Yep. It's, Time's it's, a ticking. The and calendar is almost March. The the you, whole the February scary thing, slide, like, it, last year's team, which was significantly worse than this year's team, was ascending at this point last year. Yep. This year's team is better in terms of the personnel they have, and they are free-falling. Look, and, and guys, again, it wouldn't be such a big disappointment if – like you said, Brendan, this schedule's backloaded, which means I can I can understand a loss to Illinois with a healthy Kofi Coburn. What I can't understand is a loss to Illinois without Kofi Coburn and Andre Carbello. A loss to Penn State. A loss to Penn State Almost on the road. Losing it's, to Maryland. It's not even it's... competing with Iowa. You don't even compete. You're down four to fourteen, three minutes into the game. It's they Ru- don't come to play. It's Rutgers, Penn State, and Iowa, and, and there's losses mixed and in Northwestern that, that you can right. But I, I, I'm talking specifically in the last yeah. few games. The skin and, here, and y- you know you can argue here nor there, and Wisconsin and Illinois, and you know these other games and stuff. But y- you can't argue those three games. I, I understand they're all on the road, but Rutgers is the only one that that really matters for. Penn State, we we were all together watching that game that arena looked dead with a capital d there, there might have been people 4, there there might have been 4000 people there literally maybe 4000 maybe a fourth of what the breslin center holds iowa little bit tougher arena they are not a good team this year fran mccaffrey in my opinion should be on the hot seat iowa's year was last year this year they're fighting for a tournament resume but hey they got something to cheer about at least you know, last night. But but the thing is, that crowd was bigger because they were retiring like four jerseys, including yeah. Luca Garza's. Right. It's not even like they're having a great year. And here's the thing. Iowa Brendan. can't defend. Just on your point, Iowa can't defend. No. And Michigan and State all they scored do, 60 points. Brendan, you had a fantastic tweet the last night that, I, that, I re- that really resonated with me, and that is this was maybe the easiest scouting report you could have had. On so one the- easy. All Iowa does is run and shoot. And I, I, I listen, I will give you some of this, like – the Spartans weren't playing horrendous defense. Iowa just couldn't miss at some points from three, but it's also just like, but they like got, you got to like be ready they for need that. To like find a way the, to end those spurts and like too. the fifth minute, Keegan Murray scores on his first touch on Malik Hall. Great defense, tough yeah. shot. Scores on his second touch, really good defense. Nice drive to the basket on his third touch in like the fifth minute of the game. Malik Hall goes under an off-ball screen yeah. at the top of the key, and he's what? What are you doing? Yeah, it's he's just... he's the leading scorer in the Big Ten, one of the best in the country. How do you not go over that screen? That was How an you, all-time. I mean, that, that Jordan was, Bohannon has been here for ten years. Yeah. How are you letting him pull up from thirty-five feet? I'll add this too: when these spurts happen, like you talked about, Trent, or these momentum plays, like like the million shots Keegan Murray hit yesterday, Tom Izzo talked about it a little bit earlier this season, and that's body language. Am I wrong to say it was there was not as much pep yesterday when I would none. make typical Michigan State basketball is even if they give up a basket that inbounder thinking of the Cassius Winston days would whip it to that outlet guard and they would get down in a hurry get after that's it. gone yep. I see I see low shoulders I see heads down when there's a little bit of sandpaper a little bit of adversity really this team folds it in and there were some feeble comeback attempts yesterday but it never got down to more than like 10 
it was 10 a couple of times, and Iowa took a couple of yeah, timeouts. Couldn't get it to double digits but that's or single digits. That's my biggest problem, if I had to pinpoint one. I, I know that we have a lot of individual players that we need to get yes. into, but just body language, pep, consistent effort, just some of those intangible things are really, really concerning because they're never problems with Tom Izzo teams. So something I didn't mention before when I was talking about Max, as we can now shift into the players' conversation, is Max Christie also gets somewhat of a pass because you know what? He's probably your best perimeter defender on the team. I give him a pass, too, because he's a freshman. Yes. You disagree? Yeah, Tyson? I do. I do. I I, I want to say I mean, it's there's almost to me no point in selecting a best perimeter defender yeah, because they just true. they just haven't done it lately. Yeah, and, and, they haven't done much of anything. And lately. You, you let you let Jacob Grandison make five threes in the first half, and you let Trent Frazier make his first three of the game in the final thirteen seconds. You know when you're down by two and you need a stop. It, it, yeah. It's it it I I get the whole max thing, and and I would agree. I really saw it at the start of the year. When it wasn't expected, nobody kind of thought Max would be that good of a defender. And then Tom Izzo kept mentioning it in pressers and media availability. And, you, soon, and you, once you start looking, and for you it, pay more attention, yeah. and you're like, "Damn, Max plays. He plays some good ass defense." Yes. And, and, and but lately, it's something that I'm paying attention to to see if yeah. it's an issue. And, and some of it, it, it's not necessarily his fault. I just think he's how much a, of it is his shot not going down. No, I, I really don't think the defense has much to do with it. I think he's just the, – the Big Ten this year is loaded with veteran guys and, and guys who are a step faster and a step smarter than Max, and, yes. and, and he's just a little bit behind. So it's no and knock the, on him. Exactly. I think he's at, more raw than we thought he was, yeah. too. I thought he was damn near a polished product earlier in the season, and you really can't blame me for that with everything we, that was coming out of the building right. and that, what we were being told. But now you look at it and – I mean, it, it's. I think it's still all there for Max. You know, you mentioned yeah. earlier in the podcast that he's going to be a guy who sticks around. Now, he's got the size, he's got the intangibles. He's. I still think he. I believe he will become a good shooter, but very, very raw player. And it's unfortunate because on a team like this, which is flawed, and the coaching job is now Desperately being called needs into question. A it, it, it. He's in a. He is all of a sudden in a really poor spot. He is. Someone needs to bad. get buckets. It shouldn't be him because he's a freshman. This, the coaching job has been suspect, and I don't know. It's a bad set this, of circumstances this is a for con- all the freshmen. This is a conversation for later, but if Max isn't a bucket getter next year, does this team finish above 500 in the Big Ten? Probably not. I'm really – well, the other thing, too, and like you said, this is a conversation for later, but what do they have coming back on the wing next year? Joey's gone. Gabe's gone. Malik is likely. I mean, we'll see how many of them use the COVID year. Gabe, I guess, still has it. Malik still has it. Doesn't Marcus still has it? Yeah, Marcus does. Well, yeah. So they they could. But that's the thing is, I don't. I almost don't even want that. Yeah, I mean, this no, was, I don't. This was the year. Do you guys remember? This was the year. Do you guys remember being on the floor? At Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Oof. Indianapolis, it was eighty degrees. Like I'll take that right. Like now. eight months ago for Big Ten Media Days, and just talking to Gabe and Malik, it was like, whoa, they know what's up. They see the rankings. They see the disrespect. Great and energy. They, they had a very they good They are ready to put a hole in the earth and prove everybody. The, just their body language, the way they were answering questions, everything about it was like, wow, they are coming to play this year. And that's disappeared from Gabe. Malik it was still there has for it a, a while little bit earlier in the season. I think we saw that. But I think now it's Malik. Gone. I think Malik is dealing with a little bit of self doubt right now, and he's and, banged and, up. Yeah, he's been getting banged up lately, 
But that's the thing is he's going to have to step. We'll, we'll, we'll get into this later, but he's going to have to step up against Purdue too. Yes. So we'll I want to talk, talk about Marcus. Let's do it then. Marcus Bingham Jr. I want, hasn't I want really your thoughts hasn't first, had too. a good game since the loss at Illinois, in my opinion. In I my agree. humble opinion, what which do was I about know? a and month look, ago now. This guy is my MVP. That's what I said before the season. And you know what? 10, 15 games in, looked pretty good. I was like, yeah. I mean, when Marcus plays well, this team wins. Any of the case anymore. And Sloan, I'm going to let you drive with this because I think I know where you're going. You want Julius Marble to come in and. You know, I don't want that to happen, but, you think but that's it needs happen. to happen at okay. this point. It, I keep like, I, sorry to interrupt you, but no. like on the Green and White Report on Sunday, we said, you know, these guys like Gabe and Marcus, they need. I want them in the starting lineup because they need to step up. Yeah. But at this point, like Izzo promised, changes other buttons need to be pushed here because it's full desperation mode, like you wrote about last night, and it's just such a strange thing that's happened with Bingham. He plays less minutes. But that's not necessarily because Izzo wants to play him less minutes. He's Lately in the last two, three weeks, he's had a hard time guarding without fouling. Energy has been dead in some games. He's getting pulled really early well, in the games that he starts. He also doesn't assert himself like he did early in the season. Well, what's what's the cliche his, saying about— It's funny because his jump shooting is vastly improved yeah, now. But, but, but what's the cliche saying about starting lineups in basketball or in general? No clue. It's not about who starts. It's about who finishes. That's true. And if you notice, he's never in at the end of the game. He wasn't in against Illinois. He wasn't in against Penn State. He wasn't in against Wisconsin. They don't put him in there. He wasn't in against Northwestern. When that was a loss, he's not in to finish the games. Against Illinois, that whole comeback effort was pick and roll. Tyson, get the hell open. Malik, or Julius, go set a big-ass screen. And that's and, and it worked, and Tyson was knocking down shots, and that was beautiful and fun, but you know that's neither here nor there. I agree with you, Luke. I don't want Marcus... To not start, I do, but at this point, it's just like. But but Julius is and, and he's provided I, some energy. I would have been crucified for saying this a month ago, but Julius's offensive ability, especially five feet plus from the basket, is way more of a threat than whatever Marcus Bingham Jr. can do. Because we saw what Julius did against Penn State. He did a little bit against Illinois, a little bit last night. His mid range on pick and pop is is really good, and that and that's you know Trent, you and I have joked about. Oh, Marble's gonna go six for six and have fourteen points. Yeah, and whenever he does do that, none of those shots are within eight feet of the basket or more than twelve feet. It's yeah. all right in that mid range, and it's and it's it's comfortable for him. It works. It kind of surprises the defense. They don't expect it a whole lot. He made one last night. He had a tough catch on a bad pass from A.J. Hogarth, snagged it from out in front of him, pulled it back just outside the free throw line, nailed the jumper. Yep. Another thing about Marcus, too, you and I have talked about this on quite a few broadcasts this season. One of his biggest problems before this year on offense is that, yeah, he's always been a decent jump shooter, even though it's gone away and, and come back in times, but... He, he would move in the offense before this year really without a purpose, wouldn't screen very well. When this team was really rolling nicely, you and I were really impressed with the the way he moved deliberately on offense. His feet were always moving. He would set really good screens. The last two weeks, he, get, he gets called for illegal picks. I know some of them aren't his fault. Shout out A.J. Hogard. 
But he, I got to talk about him. He, too. he gets called for illegal screens. He, he's not moving around as much on offense. That 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 good pep that he had on offense, even though the jumper's gone in a few more times recently, has just kind of gone away completely. And in the half court. He's just kind of there. He'll set some mediocre screens. He's not a pick-and-roll big. They tried it a little bit with him earlier in the season, but now they've had to abandon it completely completely because it's just gone. At least, bare minimum, Julius moves more deliberately, sets nice screens. Like you said, he can he can face up, too. Also, he, he just brings more at this point. We almost saw it last night. It didn't quite work. But it, it reminded me, where the hell did all the lobs go? He's seven feet tall. God, do we, you know, do we you have talk, a guard on this team that you, can throw a lot consistently? About, right. You talk about the pick and roll. And Tyson how that was didn't earlier work out. this year. Yeah, but, but, but where no the, one does it, now. It, it disappeared with Marcus, and that's a great play to legitimately get two points. Won the game to, against Loyola. To hype up the crowd. It won the game against Loyola. I think there was a, a late one down the stretch against UConn, too. Like, like, where did or that go? Or even when go? they just but, needed a bucket. And, and and before we get to AJ, which Trent, I said, you know you wanted to do next. Yeah. Th- a thing that is annoying and infuriating and frustrating to me is we're talking about all these things that these players need to do better. And Colton Pouncey put it the best way that Michigan State's best players just haven't played like it lately. And we know what needs to be fixed, but I have no idea how they get there. I, not enough I, games. I, I, I don't, yeah. And not enough it's, practice. It's not even that, but if this was early January, I'd be like, I don't know what you need to do for Gabe to fix this. It's it, He's got to figure it out himself. So yeah, they, they say he's working they, through it. I, they, I, say, they say he's getting jumpers up before I, practice. And I wasn't, I, I, when I said it in my piece last night, I wasn't trying to be cliche. They legitimately have some soul searching to do. They all have to take a deep look. Even Tom. And, yeah. Oh, for sure. Everybody did. Everybody, everybody in the room. I mean, you and I were going down the line before the podcast. Even some assistant coaches. Yeah. They're all, they're often what they run these days. Like you, you, you made the point to me. What what was their plan attacking Iowa? They didn't really have one. No. Not from the jump. And Ty, Ty, Izzo will be the first one to admit the, that too. He's told us many times that it starts with me and. I, I'm, he, he keeps beating a dead horse. It does start with you, but after every one of these losses, it's yeah. always, we're going to work harder. It starts with me. Is it ever going to come to fruition? And the, the, going back to your offensive game plan point that we talked about, the best way to sum up, if, you, if you're new to basketball and you're new to Michigan State basketball in particular, and you're curious how offensive game plans work, this is not how you do it. The best way to sum up Michigan State's offensive game plan ever ever since the loss to Northwestern, is we're going to go out there and, oh, shit, who's playing well today? Because they, they don't come out with any plan. They don't try to assert any player. If they do, that player's not playing well, so we got to go to somebody else. So we try to get Gabe a shot early. He misses three in a row in the first half. Okay, let's try Malik. Malik gets banged up. He gets in foul trouble. Okay, no. What about Julius? Okay, Julius made a jumper disappears the rest of the it, and like i said they too, just, just want to see who's working feeble and, and attempts to get it in the post but, too oh yeah you know like you and i were talking they they tried to get it on the block a little bit yesterday against an iowa team that really can't bluntly cannot defend the paint well at all can't don't, defend much well at all don't they, so, they, they they don't have that they don't they don't have a big that consist that can consistently just back into somebody and that's a good point because don't get me wrong tom Izzo is a hall of fame coach but this is a michigan state team that he is not accustomed to. 
They don't impose their will down low. They don't defend. They don't rebound They don't well. hustle for loose balls. And they don't have a star. They don't score in, fa- in the fast break. Th- so you know? This team hasn't had some, a star since Cassius. I don't want to call Henry one last year. At some point, you know, a great coach will figure out a way to work with what he has. You they know, did enough last it, year to make the tournament, it's not which about, is also confusing. It's not about the cards that come on the table. It's the cards you got in your pocket. It's about what you have. So, you know, Tom Izzo's got 10-8 offsuit right now, but if you play it right, you can hit a full house. Yeah. And he just I, hasn't played it right. The thing is, and I, I think it was Andy Katz who said this, and I think it was after the win at Wisconsin. Which was a big one. Arguably the best win of the which, season. Which that, you that thought, was following the classic Izzo blueprint. You thought would you thought that win would be the one. You thought that was like, okay, yes, because Northwestern it, was a fluke. Yep. They're still a top 10 team. I'm still got them pegged February for the final slide. four. Yeah, you know. Insert MSU basketball cliche. Yeah. Throw them so out the window I think at this it point, was, by the way. I think it was Andy Katz who said that. Correct me if I'm wrong. It, it really doesn't matter because the point is said what the, the team plays as a team. There is no star. They deserve credit for playing as a unit. That has flown out the window. It takes can a they, lot of work to do that on a consistent I will basis. Say, can they get it back? Absolutely. And and you know what? Maybe you'd argue that you'd want to play all these difficult teams in that kind of flight, fight or flight situation, survival of the fittest. Because look, they gotta figure it out quick, as you guys have said. There's not. It's not like this is January. It's not like this is the quote unquote February slide. This is the February car accident. Yeah. That's what this is. I mean, this, this is train wreck. The thing for me too is the conversation about no superstar, no bucket getter. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to step up? That needs to end. That conversation is done. There are I four agree. games left, and you need to too essentially win. All of them. The only way this team is going to be successful and make it past the first weekend in, in March is if the team plays as a team. That's the only way they're going to figure this out. They've got to get four guys in double figures. Marcus Bingham's got to have 13 and 9. Gabe's got to score, by God, more than 10 freaking points. And, and AJ and Tyson need to hang and, on to the ball. Look, they have Gabe, to play as a team. Gabe Brown. It, it, it. One thing I want to make clear. Because we've been critical about everybody on here, and I want to. We haven't I, gotten I, I really, to AJ we, yet. Which... We haven't gotten to AJ. I don't have a ton on AJ. I just don't the turnovers, and I know he doesn't. He doesn't commit many of them, but when he does, it is just like, what the hell was that? It, the the one they finally, finally in that Illinois game got it under one possession. Yeah, 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 it was yeah a exactly. Two point game, yep. and what does he do? He dribbles into a double and, and that's flips like the it. Play of the game, right? Yeah. So it's just that kind of stuff, and that's really all I had on AJ. But I want to go back to just this. Oh, we have been airing our grievances on all these guys. Gabe Brown, his struggles, it it ain't for a lack of lack of try. I mean, he's he's shooting no, he five still threes a game. Shots, yeah. I mean, he and in that Rutgers game, he went six for seven from deep. Uh, and I, I'm not a big, I don't, especially in college basketball, I'm not a big trends guy. Like, okay, Gabe went off and they lost by twenty. I don't really think there's any correlation there. I think it's just. This team, like you guys, we talked about at nauseum. They play as a team. There's no star, whatever. Gabe Brown is shooting a lot of threes, and because here's his last five games: zero for three, one for five, one for five, zero for five, one for three. Ouch. They just gotta go in. They just gotta. At some point, man, they just gotta start going in. And Gabe Brown, I want to defend him. By I think I know exactly what you're gonna say. He just isn't quite the player we thought he was, and that's okay. 
When you came into this season, you kind of looked at him, obviously, because he's a senior, he's the captain, and he's like, he's a wing. So you look at him as a guy who Henry became last season, like, give me the ball, I'm going to go get us a bucket. Gabe's not a great ball handler. Gabe, Gabe isn't a great finisher. He can slam it, and he can shoot it. And when he isn't shooting it, he's not doing much for you. And Sloan, that's something you brought up on Green and White Report. So the thing is, I do think Gabe will break out of this slump. Is it going to be far, far too little, far too late? It might be. Does it? Does he break out of it to the tune of maybe going, you know, two or four from deep in a game? Maybe. Or and is you it know like what? 15 I, a game? I just, does he break out into the Gabe Brown that we expected him to be this year or the Gabe Brown that we've grown accustomed to the last three and a half? I, I I'm just, thinking the, I just, the latter. I just need more than five points against Illinois, and I think he scored five the first seven. I mean, like, he, it was all early, and then, like, I'm talking early. They, like, they really made an early. effort to try to get him involved in that game. They did. And, and then he just couldn't. They get over that. It's got to be more than zero against Iowa. It's got to be more than zero against Indiana, despite the win. It's got to be just, more than ten against it, all these teams. I, exactly. I agree dude, with that. You throw the Rutgers game out because it's safe to say, if you look since the new year, that's a complete anomaly. Gabe Brown has not shot the ball well from from three point range since. Let me see here. That 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 Northwestern game on January second. So I just Gabe. I, I have faith in you. I've seen it. I saw you knock down five threes against LSU in the Sweet 16. Like, I've seen it, man. I I, I, I know you can do this. You got to see it going a little bit. You got to keep the energy up because he's probably the biggest energy guy on this team, whether he's on the bench or on the floor, whatever the case may be. It's got to be Gabe, Marcus, pick it up. And I think those are the two biggest. I don't even throw Max in there anymore because Max may have hit the freshman wall, and he he does kind of get a pass, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, and I defensively, gotta, no, he, he, is gonna, yeah. he is going to continue. So my two biggest guys right now, Gabe Brown, Marcus. I got faith in both of them. That's the that's what I want to close with. It's not that I'm going to sit here and just completely crap all over these guys and then say, you know, all hope is lost. We'll get into the rest of the season in a minute here, but Sloan, go for it. Yeah, I got a question for you, Trent. What's up? And once again, this is kind of a classic Izzo pillar. Who is the extension of him on the floor this year? I am not there's, because there's not one in my opinion. I, I think if anyone, it's Malik, which is a weird, weird, weird answer because by no means is Malik controlling anything that's going on out there. By no means is Malik. Malik, Malik Hall doesn't even start. But the point is, uh, Izzo always talks about his guy, and he's always had who is that. his guy you're, this year. He's always had that. You're right. Whether it's Cassius Winston, Travis Trice, Denzel Valentine, Xavier Adrian Tillman. Payne, Xavier Tillman, there's always that guy. You, doesn't I, have one this year, Sloan. You're right. That's you a know great what point. you know what I saw on Twitter the other day. That really stood out to me What's that? as this team this year is in trouble. I don't remember what game it was two I love years when ago. Players used to bark at each other on that's, this team. Yes, I think that's Xavier, what you're talking Xavier about. Xavier Tillman. So, I think it might have been against Iowa at it, home. And I think it was Malik with, Hall. Yeah, or Henry. I, I forget who it, who it was, but somebody the the ball like deflected out of bounds. It didn't matter. Somebody missed an assignment though, and, he and Binga, or, or Tillman turned around and gave him an earful and, and he looked like Izzo yelling out there and there's no communication on the floor from this team you, you saw it with uh with Hogard and Bingham on the moving screen late in the game again or the two moving screens late in the game against Illinois they started barking at each other and and I know you went too early no you didn't get set blah 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 right. blah is there's got to be someone it should be Malik in my opinion who steps in both of you Shut the hell up! You messed up. You messed up. Go fix it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. the The hallmark, the hallmark of a great Michigan State basketball team, and it, it's what makes this program built different than others, 
is that there's so much sandpaper. That's that term I like to use. There's yeah. always so much sandpaper in that locker room, people getting on each other. And I think the the sign of a healthy team, and it's so glorified these days in sports, anytime there's a player confrontation or a healthy player confrontation or a healthy coach confrontation, everyone wants to blow it up as some kind of big problem. This Michigan State team has been able to do everything they have over the last two-plus decades, almost three now, because they got players holding each other accountable. They got coaches holding coaches accountable. They got coaches holding players accountable. Even Izzo says it a lot, too. If his players aren't barking at him about stuff, he's a little bit concerned about that. He encourages an environment where everyone can speak up, they can grow together, and you build out of that, I don't even want to call it tension. It's just a that fire, that good competitive nature. And the nature. Phoenix rises from the ashes and you sail off to the Final Four. I've seen it my whole life, they have and a, that is why. They had some last year because I give Aaron did. Henry credit. Yes. He nutted up at the end of the year. He nutted and up and became that leader. This so year, did Josh Langford. Is someone going to do yeah. it this year? Even, we're, getting, we're running out of games. So here's my thing. Here's my thing. I, as, as, the, as the resident moron who just loves to be positive, happy-go-lucky, every day, ready to roll. You guys know how it goes. I don't want to be caught here in two or three weeks with a whole lot of egg on my face because I, I do think I do think they're going to figure this out. Call me crazy. Now, you can define what it is your own way. I don't care. What's the ceiling now? I would say Sweet 16 is the ceiling. Would I be surprised if they shock the world and go – you know, to the Elite Eight. No. Would I be surprised if they get bounced in the first round as a six seed in a 6-11 matchup? No. But here's the deal, and I alluded to this earlier, and I guess we can move into a little bit more of the big picture before we talk about Purdue. Is Unless, yeah, Brennan, you got one last point. I, I was just, I was just, I just have a question once we get to the Purdue prediction. Okay, we'll get to that. Um, But my thing is, look, you got, what? how many games left now? Five? Four. Four games. And three of them are against ranked opponents. And one of them is against a Maryland, Maryland team that you beat home. by two, and you should. Yeah. Thank God they picked that one for the, the kiss the Spartan senior day game. Yeah, no kidding. So the Lord. thing, <laughs> I, I just, I just can't, I can't see them losing. Th- I, I, I can see it. I don't think it's going to happen where they're going to lose all three to the ranks. Okay, I think, I I'll, think they're going to beat one team out of the three. They're going to go one and two there. They're going to finish the season two and two. In these last four, so you would take so that that was my question. You're gonna, so you're I'll gonna get say, to say I'm sure are you to say Michigan and Maryland if you were to pick two of those well, four. Michigan and Maryland are what, wait no do they have do they have five games left? Four Purdue, Ohio State, Michigan Ohio. on the road, Ohio State on the road, Maryland. At home. Okay, so Coming yes, here, I, I think I think it's so, I think it's two and two. I think you beat Michigan and Maryland, and and you probably lose the Purdue game though, and we'll get into this. I wouldn't sleep on that. I don't think they're going to be able to beat Ohio State on the road. So my question is over under two and a half in the last four. See, well, that's a great number to set it as. It's funny you say that. I was having a conversation on the phone with my dad I, last I, night, I, and I, I said admittedly two and a half. set it at two and a half before Iowa. But you did. It still yep. stays at two and a half. I'd hit that under. I, I could see him going five hundred the rest of the way. I think Michigan. It's going to be in really good shape from an X's and O's standpoint. Phil, Phil Martelli knows how to coach basketball. They're going to be ready. They're going to have good game plans. He's going to draw up good stuff. Their rotations will be good. But the emotional blow of not having Juwan, I think, is going yeah, to be a they're lot. Not, they're not losing to Michigan. Michigan but State will beat Michigan. I see that game as a toss. Two teams that are spiraling right now. I don't want. I don't know yeah. what the hell is going to happen in yeah. that one, to be honest I with think you guys. That's a Maryland. Pick they're a ratty team. Yeah, chalk that one if up. They, Danny Manning. If they lose to Maryland at home to end the season, 
The the regular Oof. season. I don't even want to think about I, that. I I don't. Nothing, they, su- nothing would surprise me anymore. I hate to say that. No. I mean, I don't want to completely jump off the ship here because that w- no, I would that would surprise me. But if that they, would if, that would surprise well, me. Well, because it would be a new it would be a new level of bad. Burn couches for a different reason if they lose to Maryland. Oof. Could, they might not make. They're not. They might not make tournament. They lose to Maryland. So my, does that mean they probably if you lose, lose out. to Maryland? You lost out. Yeah. Yeah. And then well, they'd, they'd end at eighteen and thirteen. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but go ahead, Trent. Well, look, I just, I, I, I don't think you beat Purdue. Is there a way to do it? Yes. Put a pin in that because we're going to get to it right after this. I think you beat Michigan. You have a chance at Ohio State, but probably not. I got I that as an L, and you beat Maryland. So I don't I, think Ohio State is as good as many people think. I, agree. I don't I think, either. I have I think to walk back my takes on that because I liked them a lot I think they've season, kind but... of gonzaga their way through the top 20 of the AP top 25, and we kind of saw it when they lost to Iowa the They're other night. a little night. limited offensively. Yeah, they've got some good pieces, and I just don't think they're – you know, everybody remembers the Duke game. They beat Wisconsin. Whoop de doo. You know, uh, I think they battled against Purdue and lost a close one. But um, I don't know. That's one that I kind of peg as maybe Michigan State pulls off when people don't expect. Like, like let's say Michigan State loses to Purdue and Michigan, and then they're like, oh, well, you know, toss Ohio State out the window. Hell, you might as well add Merritt. They're going to end 0 for 4 or 0 and 4, whatever. But I think Ohio State might be one where, in that case, if they lost uh, two to P- Purdue and Michigan, that Which maybe they can still sneak out. Which would be five losses in a row. Especially I mean, it would because be five losses Value City yeah. Arena is not a hard place to play on the road, especially because it's going to be a Thursday game. They don't care about basketball down there that much, in yeah. my humble opinion. Yeah. But Purdue, like you said, Trent, there's a path to victory for them. The problem is that that path to victory starts with Marcus Bingham Jr. and Julius Marble it against does. their post you're, you're players. Get, you're getting ahead and of me. I do not trust them at all I in this do. kind of game. In some ass-backwards way, I do. Gotta, I can't tell you why. I just dude, think I, this is— I can't blame if you're you. Tom Izzo, though, today is when that, that scouting meeting first happens for Purdue. Yeah. Probably early this morning. God, I would hope on the plane. What is the first thing you say to your, your coaching staff? Because— I, Regarding the even, Iowa loss or the no, Purdue game? Purdue. Be, be, okay. because From an X's and O's standpoint? Anything. Because Purdue is so damn good. And obviously they're beatable. They've lost four games this year. You know, they, they, they've... Barely beat Maryland. Yeah. They, they've had some close calls. You know, we've seen that they are mortal. But are they remotely mortal against this Michigan State team that we saw last night? I don't... Well, well I that's think, the, I Zach Eady, the biggest Trey key to victory. Williams, Sasha Stefanovich, Jaden Ivey, If you get their Hunt- bigs moving around a little bit and kind of get them off their game, I think that's a key. I don't know, so, man. So your I, point, give Brendan, them, I give State I w- like a 5% chance. I would go like 25. I'll, go, I, I'll meet and, you in the middle at 15. Only because it's at home. And I do. I, I want to answer your question because the first thing I would do, it wouldn't even be to my coaching staff. It would go straight to Marcus Bing, and I would say, this is your game. Two reasons. Number one, if you give it to him earlier and you attack Edie, get Edie in a little bit of foul trouble, knock him off a little bit. Same thing goes with Travion Williams, right, even though that might be more of like a Malik Hall assignment. Whatever. Edie, get him in foul trouble, attack him. Which put he the has pressure been bad at this year. And he has. And he, I think he fouled out in the Maryland game. Nobody wants to go to the rack on this team anymore, though. The no one, no one, who attacks off the dribble anymore? Well, That's the, another thing the they don't second, do anymore. The second thing is I trust uh, – insert either Tyson Walker or Max Christie to – Keep Ivy in check. Just try to neutralize him as much as you can. And then Marcus is your rim protector. Meet him halfway. 
I just, I would look right at Marcus and say, this is your game. You know, I'll go on the record right now. This has to be a Marcus game. If Michigan State loses. No, I agree. It will be. It has to be his game. Point blank, it will be because Marcus Bingham didn't show up. And and Sloan, I don't know. I I think he'll probably still be in the starting lineup just because of what he gives you and just because of what this game is going to require. It's I guess we'll home. see it's how also on a Saturday. How so. good is how good is Izzo going to make on his promise for changes? How dramatic is this going right. to look? Right, that, that's why it's Does hard to, to hard to predict this game. Do they play two point guards? Yeah, Who knows what the hell is going to happen? I will say, I would be scared out of my mind as an Izzo member if I see that same. If I see any starting five walk out there that I've already seen this year, I won't be happy. As, no, I agree. As, as an Izzo member, but, I think two members got to go. Yeah, but may. Maybe Max should come off the bench. But here's I, we haven't talked about that as much I, I either. Do, I do want to talk about this game being at home that you mentioned, Trent, and that giving Michigan State more of a chance. Well, Cer- yeah, we've also kind of just we've rolled into our predictions. So let's just Cer- give them. Go ahead, right? I, and, yeah. and I'll get there. Certainly, it being at home does help them, as, as would it would any team in college basketball. But the attitude around this fan base, which is certainly founded, and they have every right to feel this way, does not make it seem like a noon game on Saturday is really going to be high energy for the number it, four team in the country. It won't be. People are I, selling their tickets. I'm seeing it all over the place on yeah. social media. Uh, and, I think and, this town's quit on this team. And it's not. It's unfortunate because this is this is the game, the Purdue game, where, you know, say I'm a, if I'm a diehard Izzo member, I'm going to this game to be sure. And then after that, then I'll start selling my tickets if they lose, if or if they don't even compete and don't show up. Well, and I think the, it, I think the people who really, really care. That is what they're doing. I would argue. You yeah. know, like we we're dealing with like a big group here. So, but whatever. Right. Go ahead. Go but, ahead. But but into my prediction, I, I actually believe it or not, really like the score from last night, eighty-six to sixty. Purdue's the number one offense in the country. They have a worse defense than Iowa, believe it or not. So. Because they have a worse defense than Iowa, I'll give Michigan State seven more points, 86-67, Purdue. 86-67, so a a damn near 20-point loss. Sloan, go for it. I see this as more of a game when I think they get up, but I think their flaws are just going to be too much in a game like this against against a great team. I think that that you're going to – this is not going to be a complete and total blowout. I just think that Purdue's strengths versus our flaws are going to do them in, and I'm looking at more of a 12 to 14 point loss. I'm going to say 82-70 Purdue. I think it's not. I think they have enough pride to defend their home floor decently. I I don't think they let it get extremely out of hand, but I don't think they have a great chance in this one. I think I, like this could be one of those games where they never lead, but they're never down by 20. I think it could be. I mean, that's what happened in the Illinois game. Right? That I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's that kind of game, just a wider margin of victory at the end, more more like twelve to fourteen. <sighs> I have lower scoring than you guys because I just think it's gonna be weird. We're dragging Purdue in here on a Saturday. Michigan State's gonna probably, like you said, Sloan. I think they're gonna get up. Why did they pick noon? And guys, probably just TV. This stuff. team's got to be better than the damn noon tip-offs, though. It, and no, how many times in this ESPN. building this year we've we've said you and I have said, oh, there's no energy in here. The fans aren't into it. it w- w- create your own energy. No more. I'm tired of it. Here's what I'm sorry got. to cut you off, Trent. 
No, and that's sorry okay. to get pissed again. It's okay, it's guys, because what I'm about to say is absolutely blasphemous, and I don't Create care. your own energy, folks. You guys have been doing this podcast with me for two years. Sloan, you and I have been doing stuff, stuff on four. the radio for four. I don't have any shame in being I, – I, 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 my predictions are give, always give <laughs> in another galaxy, and I don't care. Hey, a hell of a lot of them looked great last I, year when they – Took off. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I got 68-64 Spartans. I think they're going to figure it out. I've got a 13-9 and four blocks stat line from Marcus Bingham leading you to victory. I think Marcus front loads the game. It's got to start defensively in the second half. I think Gabe Brown knocks down three threes. I would set the over-under at two and a half. I'll take the over. I think Tom Izzo out coaches Matt Painter because he often does when it's on this floor. That could happen because Painter's uh, can be a little bummy at the end of the whoa, year. Whoa, I think whoa, Travion whoa, whoa. Williams. Slow down on the Matt Painter slander <laughs> now. End of year Matt Painter. Whoa. Beginning of year Matt Painter. Whoa. Do you not remember the game against, was it Virginia? Who was it they lost to last year? North Texas. Oh yeah, North. Uh, also, also. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Also, if you're if you're a subscriber to the Athletic, the, you gr- could, the Mean Green, you could have seen that coming. North Texas almost won the second game too. Oh, I but, love but, tournament time. Let's but, hold, let's pray this team claws back into enough to make them entertaining in it. But uh, uh, no, Matt Painter slander. No, okay, no, and okay. I won't give any. I just think I think Tom. I think the intensity is at an all time high, guys. And if it boils over anymore, I don't know what we do at that point. You guys might have to do the podcast yourselves. I'm not coming in. <laughs> I'm going to be an alcoholic slung over on my couch because I got to watch this hot garbage. But I don't my think expecta- that's happening. All says my expectations aren't high. I like 68, 64 Spartans. Like I said, I like Bingham a lot offensively in the first half, defensively in the second half. And my other, I, I like Gabe Brown to hit some threes. My other point is this. I think Malik Hall outduels Travion Williams. I don't know what that looks like, but I just think that this is a game where Brennan. To Travion your point, might want to put one the, last stamp on his last game at the Breslin after yeah. almost coming here and be, that being kind of a grudge match. But I digress. But Malik will say this is my school and I did come here, and Malik Hall is going to figure it out, guys. I don't know. That's all I got. I think it's all about seniors and captains tomorrow. Not tomorrow, Saturday. And I, I, I like this. Being- I like the Spartans in a low-scoring defensive Big Ten hallmark. Game. This could be a carbon and copy of the Illinois game, too. They could get boat raced in the first half, yeah. claw it back Love into it term. in the second half, boat raced. and then and then be, well, been a lot of it this year, be yeah. back-ish, and then yeah. lose, and then we're back at square one. All I'll, right. I'll well, say this, though, to your prediction, Trent, and God, I feel like it's last year. Oh, my God. If we, did we get in a time machine remember, to go back to last year? What I we want did? you to be right. I've said this so many times, Brennan. I've said, I want you to be right so bad, Trent. I mean, that's I why I Marcus do this. To break Who out. cares? You guys... I want Malik to break out. I want Gabe to break out. Trent, I'm praying you're right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> right, praying right, you're right. right. I'm trying to find it from a I'm sorry, year ago. I, I bailed oh, the Optimus Caucus, I'm looking too, at the, Trent. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong team. You, you didn't almost, do anything wrong. Almost... 365 days ago from this moment, probably like 372 days ago, we were sitting in these exact seats, and I sat on here recapping an and win. ripped a literal piece of paper. I remember that. After they what? Lost to Purdue at Purdue. And that was bad. That, that was a, that was, was one of the rapid that reaction was That was like an, that was kind of like what we saw last night. Yeah. That's yeah. what that game was. Yeah. So and, Brendan ripped his uh, metaphorical paper last night, and look. Okay, so give, uh, uh, Brennan's got a blowout win for Purdue. Sloan has a 12-point win for Purdue. And I got a four-point win for your Michigan State Spartans. We will wow. see who prevails. I am exhausted. We will have another. I don't think we're going to have another podcast in between. Are we going to have another well, one? Um, 
Maybe after a, green and white on Sunday, we'll do one. We got we to gotta preview Michigan. But yeah. hey, it's funny to break down our schedules. We'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make yeah. it happen. We'll make it happen. So I, I'm, but time. I'm also going to tease, not this upcoming episode, but the one after that. We are going to have two legends. Two. Not uh, one. May, two not legends. one. Not two. And maybe, you know, maybe they may or not have covered this team in the past and are on to bigger and better things right now. National Super Bowl commercial. National Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, TV <right. laughs> TV yes. journalists. Yes. Uh, two people I admire dearly. Uh, they will be here. I don't think they won't be here, fans. but they will be on the uh, – I don't know how we're going to do this. One we'll of them will be on the line. Who cares? One of them we're going to go talk about yeah, that. We'll... we got a meeting to run because we are responsible young adults. Thank you. This has been the Impact Zone. Any closing thoughts, gentlemen? Big one on Saturday. Big one I on guess, Saturday. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. Brendan Shabbat, Luke Sloan, I'm Trent Valley. We will see you next time. This has been Impact Is Own. For more, visit impact89fm.org forward slash sports.